Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. Now in its 175th year, Hillsdale is a truly independent institution where learning is prized and intellectual enthusiasm is valued. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to Hillsdale for their sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. I had to start this whole thing all over again, all the equipment and everything else. You can barely hear what's even going on. All right. Democrats in the House, the Democrats on this Judiciary Committee, this whole process really is the most disgusting thing I've ever seen. These Democrats are destroying the impeachment process. They're destroying legal and constitutional precedent, Supreme Court precedent. They're destroying separation of powers where a president can actually challenge subpoenas. And many presidents have over the history of this country, calling it obstruction of Congress. This is really the most appalling thing. Absolutely no due process for the President of the United States, and then they complain he's not participating. That he's not participating. Now what do we have here, ladies and gentlemen? What is he being impeached for exactly? Not complying with every subpoena that the House? It's not the House. Let's be blunt about this. This is an obstruction of Congress. The president is not complying with the Democrat majority in the House. Has nothing to do with the Senate. Has nothing to do with the Republicans. The Democrat majority in the House, which are making outrageous demands of an executive, which no executive in American history would ever comply with. As I said the other day, the Constitution is the law of the land. Not decisions by the Democrats on the Judiciary Committee or the Intelligence Committee. Subpoenas. Can just issue a subpoena for anything you want and anyone you want to testify? Is that the history in this country? No, it's not the history in this country. And they keep talking about obstruction of Congress. How can it be obstruction of Congress when the Senate's not even involved? They talk about abuse of power. Every single president, except those who have died a few months after being uh, taking the oath of office, every single president can be charged with abuse of power because the nature of our system is with three branches, one accusing the other or others of abuse when they don't comply. So there is no threshold here. The threshold is so low as to be no threshold. There's no standard here. We had all this talk about obstruction. There was no obstruction. All this talk about collusion. There was no collusion. All this talk about quid pro quo. There was no quid pro quo. (coughs) All this talk about bribery. There is no bribery. None of it. None of it. 
We've had presidents who've used the IRS against their political opponents. Trump hasn't done that. Obama did. We've had presidents have used the FBI against their political opponents. It's amazing to me how little interest and curiosity there is on what Obama knew and when he knew it with respect to his FBI. And now we have the FISA report, candy-coated as they might, his FBI, which is guilty of spying, of changing evidence, of lying to a federal court repeatedly under Obama. He's not held to account for anything. We have presidents that had internment camps for Japanese Americans and Italian and German Americans. We had two presidents that suspended habeas corpus and only Congress can suspend it. We've had presidents who've shut down newspapers and imprisoned journalists. And we've had presidents who've done more than that. But this president, you see, if he's not impeached, but you hear the Democrats say, we're going to lose our democracy. They don't even know it's a republic. But okay, fine. We're going to lose our democracy? The so-called journalists in this country are very thin-skinned. Virtually all of them. They think they're under attack. They've never seen a president like this, they say. This is the worst guy. The worst guy. His unrelenting attack on the media. The media in this country have it so easy, it's not even funny. Nobody's threatening them. Nobody's stopping them. They're pushing their left-wing pablum. They're Trump-hating crap day in and day out. Without interference from anybody. The president defends himself. His supporters respond. That's the nature of the beast. But the idea that this president, more than any other president, has been more abusive toward the media, more threatening toward the media than any president in American history is a flat-out lie. And on freedom of the press, I give some clear examples. And let's go over a few of them right now. Again, underscore them for the media. Nobody's imprisoning journalists. I mean, Barack Obama sought to do so. Donald Trump hasn't sought to do so. Real journalists were imprisoned by John Adams under the Sedition Act. Real journalists were imprisoned under a military order issued by Abraham Lincoln during the Civil War. John Adams shut down newspapers. Lincoln shut down over 300 newspapers. Look, I'm not condemning these men. We can talk about them. I'm giving examples. Woodrow Wilson. Woodrow Wilson imprisoned political uh, opponents, including an African-American socialist, very well-known, Du Bois. And he was also a segregationist and a racist. One of the great progressives. They do have that problem in their history, of course. But he shut down newspapers too. Franklin Roosevelt unleashed the Internal Revenue Service against the owner of the Philadelphia Inquirer. (coughs) And yesterday, the editorial page of the Philadelphia Inquirer came out for the impeachment of Donald Trump. The irony... The irony. Because Annenberg, who owned the Philadelphia Inquirer, was Republican. 
and the Philadelphia Inquirer was leaned Republican and did not support FDR in his race for the presidency. So FDR went after its publisher. He unleashed the IRS. And Eleanor didn't much like Gannett news. So she made a call to the IRS and they went after the Gannett company. Franklin Roosevelt worked with a Democrat chairman in the the United States Senate by the name of Hugo Black. Hugo Black would become his first nominee to the United States Supreme Court as an associate justice. Hugo Black had been a lawyer for the Klan in Alabama. But he was a 100% ally of FDR and his New Deal. So with the assistance of FDR's surrogates in the White House, what did Hugo Black do? He issued subpoenas, just like Nadler did. Just like Adam Schiff did. Just like the other chairman of these Pelosi committees did. Endless subpoenas against Western Union and other telegraph companies. Why? Because they got a hold of millions of telegrams. And they went through them looking for their political opponents. Looking for their political opponents and what they were saying about the New Deal and all the rest of it. Shocking. Absolutely shocking. We had civil rights leaders whose phones were tapped. They keep blaming it on... J. Edgar Hoover. Well, J. Edgar Hoover couldn't do it without the approval of Robert Kennedy. And Robert Kennedy didn't do it without the acknowledgement of his brother, John Kennedy. Martin Luther King's phones were tapped under the Kennedy administration. Martin Luther King's phones were tapped. His hotel phones were tapped at the Democrat convention in Atlantic City by Lyndon Baines Johnson. And his wasn't the only phone that was tapped. Barry Goldwater's campaign phones were tapped at the direction of Lyndon Baines Johnson. And they gathered information to the point where Goldwater knew. Because before they would announce things publicly, the Democrats were responding to it. So they used to have to have meetings and discussions outside of their headquarters. And information about them was leaked, including the fact that one of their staffers was gay. And I want to invite Bill Moyers to come on this program, who is a hatchet man for LBJ, to have this discussion with me. But he'll never come on, because he's a fool. We had a recent president, Barack Obama. Barack Obama asserted executive privilege under the separation of powers doctrine repeatedly against Congress. Did anybody issue an article of impeachment against him? When it came to Fast and Furious in particular, we had a president of the United States and Barack Obama who was legislating out of the Oval Office by judicial fiat. I mean, that's about as bad and as brazen as it gets. Democrats had no problem with it because they supported his policy. Now we have a FISA report from the Inspector General which the media is dismissing. This FISA report tells us that there, in fact, was spying. That the FBI sought 
confidential informants in the Trump campaign spoke to a number of individuals, didn't get what they wanted. That evidence wasn't evidence at all that was presented to the court that one of the FBI lawyers changed the information about Carter Page. That the entire Christopher Steele dossier was based on one guy's popping off, was completely discredited, but was used four times to get a FISA warrant against Carter Page, which was their backdoor effort to keep this surveillance going on. And the media don't blink. No problem. And if we had had this FISA report from this inspector general early on, there would have been no need for a special counsel because a special counsel was appointed to investigate Russia collusion, which never existed. As the FISA report tells us. They issue a 500-page report, Mueller. There's no crime that's charged in that report. Speculation. There's not a single crime. 500 pages. Two years. $40 million. Looking under every stone. Going to 13 countries. Maybe even the Ukraine. They have hearings trying to bring down the President of the United States. The hearings are a complete failure. All of a sudden, two days after the end, there's a whistleblower. A plant. A Brennan plant. Who's working with Schiff and Schiff staff. He's friends with two of the members of Schiff staff. The name of the whistleblower doesn't pass the lips of a single Real news reporter, so-called real news reporter. Doesn't appear in the New York Times or the Washington Post. Doesn't appear in the Wall Street Journal. Not mentioned on any of the cable programs. Not mentioned on any of the network night news programs. Why? Because we're going to protect the whistleblower. Protect him from what? They're protecting Schiff and the Democrats. The phone call. President releases the phone call. There's nothing in there. It's perfectly fine. So what if he mentions Biden in a sentence or two? He doesn't say, I want you to get Biden. He doesn't say, I have an election coming up. I want you to take out my opponent. He doesn't say, go after their tax records, go after their bank accounts. He's not giving classified information. He's talking about the public record. Look, we got this guy, Hunter Biden, with Burisma. It's been written about. His father made public statements bragging on video about his quid pro quo. You might want to look into that. And by the way, coordinate with my attorney general. Wow, that's an impeachable offense. That's an impeachable offense. Now we have a president, you see, who's not complying with subpoenas from the Democrats on the House Judiciary Committee and the House Intelligence Committee. He's challenged them in court. Well, he's not allowed to. That is impeachable. Well, every other president does it. doesn't matter. It's Trump. You're not allowed to do that, they say. Is that what the Constitution says? No, not in the least. Nothing of the sort. Well, this is really uh, nothing new to you. You know all about this. Nothing new at all. But if this doesn't infuriate you, if this doesn't really... 
cause you to be resolute about the next election? To throw out every Democrat in your view? Every damn one of them. I don't even care what the Republicans stand for now. And you know that's unusual for me because I do. But at this point, the Republic's at stake. And I want to repeat this. I don't care what some guy says at hot air or anywhere else. The next Democrat president must be impeached. It's the only way to stop this. I'll be right back. Mark Levin. As we celebrate the Christmas and holiday season, we often pause to consider our many blessings. Hillsdale College thanks you for loyalty as it celebrates 175 years of blessings. Now, since 1844, Hillsdale has held fast to its mission to provide the kind of education essential to preserving free government. And for decades, the college has extended its educational mission on behalf of liberty through a variety of outreach programs. Perhaps you receive in Primus for free every month or have taken one of Hillsdale's excellent free online courses, or have attended one of Hillsdale's free regional events. You know of Hillsdale's refusal to take even one penny of government money. Now, this independence allows the college to focus on promoting its core principles, learning, character, faith, and freedom without government interference. So during this season of blessings, Hillsdale thanks you for your partnership in extending its mission to the country. Merry Christmas from Hillsdale College, and to learn more, visit levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. You know, uh, tyranny comes in many forms, folks. It can come in the form of a centralized government with a president or a king, prime minister or what have you. Tyranny can come from the legislature. There have been tyrannical legislatures, too. Tyranny can come from the mob, the people in the street. All we hear about is presidential tyranny. But what you're witnessing right now is tyranny by the Democrats who've taken over the House of Representatives. And all they needed was a foothold. It's all they needed. Control of the committees to drive this process. These are not criminal investigations. There are no grand juries. They're not applying any form of due process. Forget about the Bill of Rights and the criminal investigation in that context. We're talking about due process, period. They have abandoned all custom and tradition when it comes to impeachments, whether of past presidents or judges. Their impeachment articles are a joke. Any president can be accused of impeachment. Obstruction of Congress is particularly perplexing to me since the Senate has nothing to do with this. More when I return. You hear me talk about Hillsdale College a lot, about its rigorous classical liberal arts curriculum, about its exceptionally bright and patriotic students. 175 years ago, Hillsdale College was founded with a mission defined by four enduring purposes, learning, character, faith, and freedom. While many institutions have lost their way, Hillsdale College maintains an unwavering commitment to learning, character, faith, and freedom. I've also talked about the great Dr. Larry Arne, the president of Hillsdale College. He's one of the finest Americans I've ever known. And he explains that these four purposes, learning, character, faith, and freedom, remain inseparable in the activity of education at Hillsdale College. He says, learning is difficult and takes more than talent. It takes hard work, which requires character. Freedom is essential for learning, but it is fragile and constantly under threat, so its principles must be studied by all for the sake of its defense. At Hillsdale, faith and learning are integrated toward God, 
because he is the first authority. Folks, if you've ever wondered why I love Hillsdale College, now you know. Visit hillsdale.edu. That's hillsdale.edu for more information. Hillsdale College, pursuing truth and defending liberty since 1844. Remember, that's hillsdale.edu, hillsdale.edu. Revolution starts here. The Mark Levin Show. Call in at 877-381-3811. President of the United States, before he's president, he's a candidate. They're spying on him. They seek out these confidential sources. They find nothing. This is according to the FISA report. The Steele dossier was central to getting warrants. Not one, but several. It was all made up. And the FBI soon learned that it was all made up and continued to use it. Critical exculpatory evidence about Carter Page. And in fact, he had been a CIA informant was changed. They changed it to tell the court he was not a CIA informant. Comey used all this to perpetuate an investigation of the president. To basically threaten the president. To take memos after the fact, self-serving memos, leaking them to a professor friend of his, among others, because he said he wanted a special counsel appointed. All these are lies, and so we get a special counsel appointed to investigate something that never should have been investigated by a special counsel. And this goes on and on and on, and the media is lapping it all up, telling us about connecting dots and all the rest of it. Then, that falls on its face. That falls on its face. No crimes. No specific crimes asserted. Speculation, this, that, and the other. That's it. They have a hearing. The House Judiciary Committee, they're hoping it'll bear some fruit. It doesn't bear fruit. Shows that Mueller was way over his head. Then all of a sudden, a whistleblower shows up. And Obama hold over. Close to Biden, close to Brennan. Close to two former NSC staffers who are now working for Schiff. He meets with one of those staffers. Schiff covers it up, lies about it until it's discovered. Says it never happened, but it did happen. And then says, oh well. Politicians might lie, but if you're a leftist, that's okay. Not allowed to know his identity, even though we do. Not allowed to question the so-called whistleblower. They've moved on from there. They tried bribery, which made absolutely no sense in the context of that phone call the president had. There was no bribery under any unimaginable explanation of what bribery is. And yet we had legal analysts on all the cable channels telling us that there was bribery, got something of value, you know, an investigation, or wanted something of value. So bizarre. But they dropped it. Now we have these these broad charges, obstruction of Congress, and abuse of power, because the president dares to have his lawyers challenge some of these subpoenas in a court of law. An obstruction of Congress, which is really obstruction of the Democrats in the House. They're the only ones that are making all these demands. And in the meantime, 
They violated all the protocols that were in place for past impeachments, for past hearings. But they insist on absolute power when it comes to subpoenas. And I've given you this summary more than once, and not once has this summary been stated on television as the hearings are covered today. And then we keep hearing over and over from the Democrats on the House Judiciary Committee. And by the way, these are the worst reprobates among the Democrats that, in their entire caucus. Crazier than hell. They tell, we don't impeach this president, our democracy will cease to exist. Have you ever heard anything so stupid in your life? We don't impeach this president, our democracy will cease to exist? Of course, they're damaging the hell out of the Constitution and all these processes. I want to challenge you leftists and Democrats out there. Tell me where in the Constitution that the House of Representatives has the last say on subpoenas. Show me. In fact, show me where in the Constitution, anywhere, the House of Representatives has the power to subpoena a president. Now, we can make the point, you know, if you're going to have oversight, that's not what I said. If you're going to impeach a president because you're claiming he's not replying to all of your subpoenas, in fact, he's going to court to challenge some of them, then you have an obligation to show us where in the Constitution there's a violation here. Where's the violation? There is no violation. And the way it used to work in the past is these branches of government, knowing that it's not a violation, but knowing there's oversight, and yet knowing the president has to be able to function, would try and work these things out. But that's not what's happened with the House Intel Committee and the House Judiciary Committee. They're trying to create scenarios for impeachment. That's what they're doing and that's what they've done. These are the Democrats in the House. It's not obstruction of Congress. It's obstruction of no sort whatsoever. He's challenging it. And again, it's, it's remarkable to hear so many of these Democrats that come from sanctuary cities. And sanctuary cities are nothing more than lawless cities who defy federal immigration law, nullify it, to prevent the enforcement of our immigration laws, to deport illegal aliens, and to punish criminal illegal aliens. They give them sanctuary. That's the whole point. This is an unconstitutional impeachment, and you can have an unconstitutional impeachment. Because the House is making, the Democrats are making unconstitutional demands on their subpoenas, by rejecting separation of powers, by rejecting the the clear notion in the Constitution that there's three co-equal branches of government, and the President has Article II authorities, By rejecting historical norms and traditions, Nixon, Clinton, and so forth, and how these things progress. There's been no hard crime or misdemeanor. No treason or bribery. If they want to change the Constitution, they've got to do it the old-fashioned way, with an amendment. But they can't, and they won't. Now, I said this several months ago, and of course the lib media went nuts, but they're nuts anyway. So you can't judge what you say by what they report. When you look at what many of our past presidents have done in office, whether it's with the IRS or the FBI, whether it's their personal conduct or what have you, 
this president has conducted himself in a totally lawful and constitutional manner. In fact, despite the attacks on the non-disclosure agreements and so forth, involving the National Enquirer and all the rest, while he's been in the Oval Office, he has conducted himself in a completely ethical manner. Completely ethical manner. He's not used the IRS against his political opponents, the CIA or the FBI against his political opponents, like some presidents did. He's not slept with interns like Kennedy did and Clinton did, or had sex, I guess. Or East German spies. He didn't tap the phones of political opponents. In fact, his campaign was subjected to espionage. Not the Hillary campaign. And you know, as you think through all this, what's amazing is Obama's name never comes up. It's the Obama FBI. The Obama Department of Justice. The Obama CIA. The Russians are interfering in our election. It's the Obama presidency that fails to do anything effective. Nobody subpoenas any information from him. And let me tell you something. He's a private citizen. He'd have no defense that I can think of. None. But they don't want to hear from him. In fact, you're not allowed to mention his name. In fact, if you mention his vice president's name in the context of a quid pro quo, that's an impeachable offense. This whole thing, this whole thing is tyranny. Cold tyranny. I'll be right back. Lovin. As we celebrate the Christmas and holiday season, we often pause to consider our many blessings. Hillsdale College thanks you for loyalty as it celebrates 175 years of blessings. Now, since 1844, Hillsdale has held fast to its mission to provide the kind of education essential to preserving free government. And for decades, the college has extended its educational mission on behalf of liberty through a variety of outreach programs. Perhaps you receive Imprimus for free every month or have taken one of Hillsdale's excellent free online courses or have attended one of Hillsdale's free regional events. You know of Hillsdale's refusal to take even one penny of government money. Now, this independence allows the college to focus on promoting its core principles. Learning, character, faith, and freedom without government interference. So during this season of blessings, Hillsdale thanks you for your partnership in extending its mission to the country. Merry Christmas from Hillsdale College. And to learn more, visit levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. My position on uh, why the next Democrat president must be impeached, because there seems to be some confusion among pseudo-eggheads on the right and um, others on the left and all in the media. The next Democrat president must be impeached if we're to end this tyranny by a rogue mob in the House of Representatives. And it must be done not to get even but because it is the only way to fix what one party 
in our country. One party in our country is done. We cannot leave it at this. We cannot leave it at this. Where a president who has been subjected to abuses by a prior administration of the opposite party, which has used the FBI, the CIA, the Department of Justice, just to name three, against candidate and then President Trump, with criminal investigations, congressional investigations, attorneys general investigations, district attorney investigations, demands for his tax records, demands for his bank records, demands for his financial records, sending his kids through congressional hearings and all the rest. This cannot stand. And we're dealing with a tyrannical Democrat party that is embraced by a tyrannical media. So the only way, in my view, to address this is to deal them the same cards. And if we don't deal them the same cards, what's going to happen here is the Democrat Party, and you look at the Democrat Party throughout history, it's quite an evil institution. Slavery, segregation, Jim Crow, and the rest. The Democrat Party will be interpreting the Constitution one way, and the Republican Party will be uh, interpreting another way. And so the only way to address this is to make it clear now, in the House of Representatives, you elect a Democrat, Democrats, we will do the same thing. Subpoenas. Subpoenas on private records. Subpoenas on bank records. Subpoenas on your children. Subpoenas up the wazoo. And you better honor every damn one of them. Or it's obstruction of Congress. And by the way, we want your phone calls with foreign leaders. And you better give it to us. Or it's abuse of power. I know what I'm talking about. Unfortunately, this is the way it's going to have to be. Let me explain it more succinctly. So even the hosts at MSNBC and CNN can understand it. They won't care, but... I started pointing this out a couple weeks ago. The next Democrat president must be impeached for to end this tyranny by a rogue mob in the House and get our Constitution back. It must be done not to get even, but because it's the only way to fix what one party, the Democrat Party, is destroying. It's the only way. And look, you can make the case, you know, Dershowitz has pointed out Beria and others, the old Soviet Stalinists. Show me the man, I'll show you the crime. Well, it can't just be show me the Republican, I'll show you the crime. In fact, show me the Republican, I'll show you the abuse of power. And I know there's some who feel they're very high-minded, you know. Hey, Mark, come on now. We're not like them. No, we're not like them. That's exactly why we have to do this. You know, the way I view things now, politics is like war without the ammunition. It's as close to -to hand-to-hand combat as you can get. And I'm talking about violence. You understand my point. If you play by one set of rules, like the Redcoats, the British, they always lined up, beautiful uniforms, 
well-equipped, best equipment in the world, marched straight down the middle of the valley where the, rev- where the revolutionary militia and, and, and standing army would pick them off. I don't want to be the Redcoats, do you? No, I don't think we're the Redcoats. No, we're the Patriots. Obviously, this isn't a military context. I'm just pointing out the philosophical point and the practical point. There is no reasoning with this other party. There's no reasoning with the other party. If you watch the hearings, you can see this is all a put-up job. There's no reasoning with the media, so they have to be ignored. They have to be rolled. Just reject them. The Holocaust-denying media is now denying the tyranny that's in front of our eyes. I know I've been the first to say this, and I want to continue to say it. Oh, you'll hear some of the big backbenchers. Oh, as I said. Okay, great. Got it. But I'll lead this. And Joe Biden, going to get all kinds of subpoenas, I hope. And your son will, too. On Burisma, Ukraine, China, Romania, and all the rest. I'll be right back. Broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 8773, what the hell is it? 381, what is it? 3811, my mind's focused on other things. 381-3811. All right. Those of you who want to call, you know the number by now, I hope. I uh, Let's see here. I want to get to some audio. And um, I wasn't here last night. I want to thank my man, uh, Richie Z, from WPHT, our wonderful affiliate in Philadelphia. And he's great. He's great at what he does. Really is. And I was uh, at a Hanukkah party with my wife and my mother-in-law, stepson. I wish the whole family had been here. Next year we'll change that. We'll feel, you know, everybody's all over the place. And uh, to my surprise, the president called me up and asked me to make a comment. And so I did so. And here's what I said. Cut 17. Go. It's an honor to be here with the first Jewish president of the United States. And if he isn't, he should be. I want to thank you. I want to thank you for everything you have done for the Jewish people. I want to thank you for everything you've done for the Jewish people's ancestral homeland. You are going to be remembered there for a thousand years. And I want to thank you for what you've done for the United States of America. And I want you to know that we will not leave our general on the battlefield without our support. Period. And I felt the president needed to hear that. Since so much of the Jewish community is bound to the left-wing Democrat party, 
that is more and more undermining both the Jewish people and the state of Israel, quite frankly, in addition to our country, no question about that. Now, the president did something yesterday afternoon, which was quite remarkable. And he got very little positive attention for it, which is par for the course. As a matter of fact, the left started to attack our president. To keep it simple, under Title VI, under federal law, what he said is, okay, look, we have rising, if not rampant, anti-Semitism on our college campuses. Now, universities and colleges that permit outright bigotry against people because of their race or their gender and so forth are subject to losing federal funds. And so he said, I'm going to expand this to anti-Semitism. Now this is going on and it's rampant now in this country as a result of immigration policies, as a result of tenured professors who are hardcore leftists, as a result of what's happening within the Democrat Party. You can see it with AOC, Talib, and Omar, and others. And there are increasing reports that Jewish kids are afraid to wear their yarmulkes, or their Star David, or their mezuzahs and whatever, and they have to kind of hide their identity. And these Hillel clubs and, and homes on these campuses where Jewish kids meet, more and more of them are being threatened. Well, we can't have that in this country. So this president said, you know what, I'm going to do this. And people are calling him anti-Semitic for doing it. Now, keep in mind, it's a, it's a, it's a lunatic fringe on the left. Because they claim, well, then the president's claiming that this religion is a nationality. The president's not claiming that Judaism is a nationality. But let's be honest. Judaism is a religion. It's an ethnicity. And for some, it is a nationality. But whatever it is, it is. The fact of the matter is, the president said the federal government needs to have the ability, the power, to withhold federal funding from these college campuses that do not stamp this out. And worse, tolerate it. Why didn't Barack Obama do that? Why wasn't there a bill proposed by the Democrats in the House to do this? It took a Republican president. And I'm curious. Other than Mostly Orthodox Jews and Jews of deep faith and conservatives who are also Jewish. What impact will this have on the leftists who are Jewish? What impact will it have? Did the Anti-Defamation League put out a statement supporting this? I don't believe so. If they did, I, I stand corrected. I know ZOA did. The Zionist Organization of America. And what is Zionism? Zionism just is a... Is, is a is, is a commitment to having a Jewish state, which is in Israel. But these, these names like Zionism and so forth, they come under attack from the left. Let me be explicit about what I'm talking about. There's a group called J Street. It's funded by leftists, run by left-wing Jews. They opposed this decision yesterday, as I understand it. Incredible. 
Incredible. They hate Benjamin Netanyahu. They want him out. I tell you this all the time. The left is the left. Whether it's in Israel, whether it's in the United States, whether it's in France, whether it's in Britain, whatever it is. It's the same demented mentality. The same demented mentality. Because it's the same ideology. And it was a great honor to be invited and do it to attend. And uh, we met up with my dear friend, and he is a dear friend now, trust me, Pastor Hagee. I mean, I really adore this man and his family. And our families have gotten very close. And I told him, if he'll have me, I would like to come down to his church in San Antonio once a year, every year. And that's what we're going to do. That's what we're going to do. He's a terrific man. And he started an organization called Christians United for Israel. But he's a patriot. His family is filled with patriots. His his church is filled with patriots. And it's guys like him, evangelicals, who are attacked all the time. Or guys like me who are attacked all the time. Because we stand up to this. We stand up to the decay and other things that are taking place in this country. And they hate it. The president actually had two Hanukkah parties, one at three and one at seven last night. And that's why I wasn't on the air. And uh, I had been invited before, but I never attended. And I just felt, you know what? I'm grateful to have an invitation, so I'm going to go. It was wonderful. And there is his beautiful wife. She's not only beautiful, she's smart. I know she speaks five or six languages fluently, Mr. Producer. How many languages does Michelle Obama speak fluently? One? Maybe? And she dresses just magnificently. But they never talk about her in the style magazines or anything in this. Michelle Obama, all that, oh, look at that dress and her heels and her purse and oh, everything's so magnificent. You never hear anything about Melania because the press is horrific. I don't care if it's the fashion page, the style page, even the obituary page. Propagandists. And very thin-skinned, you know. They think they're, they're under attack today like never before by any president. They're so ignorant. They don't even know their own history. They don't even know what presidents have done to the press in the past. They don't even talk about what Obama did to the press in the past. Then they wonder why their ratings are so lousy. There's nothing to wonder about. You suck. All right, I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. In today's digital age, where cyber threats loom larger than ever, safeguarding your personal information is paramount. So why is Congress considering a law that could put your credit card data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? This Durbin Marshall credit card bill could jeopardize your financial data, make it more susceptible to cyber intrusions. It's a controversial bill that proposes a shift in billions of dollars worth of consumer transactions to payment networks that lack the robust security measures consumers rely on. Who could possibly want that? 
Well, the answer, woke corporate megastores seeking to inflate their multi-billion dollar profit margins. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill will undermine our safe and convenient payment systems and endanger your data security. It's time to take a stand. Visit electronicpaymentscoalition.org. Make your voice heard. Tell your senators to oppose the radical Durbin Marshall credit card bill paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition. Well, the ADL did support the executive order, so I stand corrected, although I said I wasn't 100% sure. But we we seek the truth here. Uh, The Obama Democrat who heads the organization actually came around. Good for him. Let's listen to a little bit of what's been going on today. We won't overdo it. Let's start with Jim Jordan, the articles of impeachment today. Cut three, go. This amendment uh, strikes Article 1 because Article 1 ignores the truth. Four facts, five meetings. We've talked about it now for three months. We've known that there have been four facts that have not changed, will not change, will never change, and we've known it since September 25th when the call transcript was released. The call transcript shows no quid pro quo. What's interesting is the day the transcript came out, even Chairman Nadler said there was no quid pro quo in the call transcript. We know, second, that the two individuals on the call, President Zelensky, President Trump, have both said no pressure, no pushing, no linkage whatsoever between security assistance money and any type of announcement of an investigation. We know that the Ukrainians knew at the time of the call, didn't know at the time of the call, that the aid had been held up, and most importantly... Most importantly, we know the Ukrainians took no action, no start of an investigation, no promise to start an investigation, no announcement on CNN via tweet, no, no announcement whatsoever that there was going to be any type of investigation into Burisma or the Bidens to get the aid released. Those four facts, those four facts have never changed. Second, five key meetings that took place between July 18th when the aid was paused, September 11th when the aid was released. Five key meetings. We have the phone call. July 25th, which we just described. Second, the very next day, very next day, we have Ambassadors Volker, Sondland, Taylor meeting with President Zelensky. Third, Ambassador Bolton met with President Zelensky on August 29th. Fourth, Vice President Pence met with President Zelensky on September 2nd and 5th. On September 5th, we have bipartisan senator, Senator Johnson, Senator Murphy's, or Senator Murphy meeting with President Zelensky. In none of those five meetings, none, did linking dollars, security assistance dollars, to an investigation come up. Never came up. And you would think in the last two, you would think in those last two, after they knew on August 29th via the Politico article that they knew the aid was held, you would think it would come up in those last two meetings, but it didn't come up. Four facts, five meetings have never changed. Article 1 in this resolution ignores the truth, it ignores the facts, it ignores, it ignores what happened and what has been laid out for the American people over the last three weeks. So I hope that this committee will come to its senses, that it will adopt the amendment and strike Article 1 from the resolution. The committee won't come to its senses. It doesn't have any senses to come to. It's on a mission. It wants to purge the presidency of a duly elected president. That's their mission. But it's good that the Republicans keep fighting. It's crucial. 
John Ratcliffe, cut four, please. I want to respond to my uh, good friend, Congressman Cicilline's comments, um, when he said that uh, President Trump's demand can't be explained by corruption because the word corruption is never uttered anywhere in the transcript. The problem with that is that the Democrats have built this entire fake impeachment scheme around an alleged demand. Guess what word is not anywhere in the transcript? Demand. Nowhere in that transcript does the president make a demand. You know where the word demand came from? It came from the whistleblower. That's the first time we heard the word demand. When he notified the inspector general for the intelligence community, he said President Trump made a demand. He thought he could do that because he thought no one would ever be able to prove because what president would take the unprecedented step of releasing a transcript with a foreign leader? This president did. Something that the whistleblower never expected. More Radcliffe. Cut five. Go. President Trump, we keep hearing, got caught. Um, President Trump, we keep hearing, is obstructing justice. The president that took the unprecedented step of releasing a transcript so that everyone could see the truth is not obstructing Congress. The president didn't get caught. The whistleblower got caught. The whistleblower made false statements. The whistleblower got caught with Chairman Schiff. Remember Chairman Schiff, the person that the Democrats, instead of the House Judiciary Committee, which has spent a full week on this, that's not who's been in charge. The person they put in charge was the person that got caught with the whistleblower. Mm -hmm. Have you spoken directly with the whistleblower? No, we have not. We'd like to. That wasn't true. The person that said he had evidence of the first fake impeachment scam, collusion with Russia, had evidence of that collusion and didn't have it. The person who, in the course of that, read into the record the Steele dossier because the people needed to know the truth about what happened. But we heard about the truth about the Steele dossier this week when the inspector general told us it was all garbage, rubbish, all made up. Yeah, that chairmanship. Mm-hmm. Now, interestingly, Pelosi at her press conference today was asked, why isn't the bribery charge in there? You guys have been talking about bribery for a long time. Cut eight, go. You yourself accused him of bribery. Why did you decide not to make bribery one of the articles of impeachment? I myself am not a lawyer. Sometimes I act like one. Not as often as I act as a doctor. I practice medicine on the side without benefit of diploma. Oh, you're very funny. Funny. I think you uh, practice plastic surgery on yourself. Go ahead. Uh, This is a decision that was recommended by our working together with our committee chairs, our attorneys, and the rest. So the articles are what they are. They're very powerful. They're very strong. And they are a continuation of a pattern of misbehavior on the part of the president. People are realizing when they see what that was, they think, the public thinks, that they should be determining who the president of the United States is, not some foreign power. They think oh, that's that- precious. The Ukrainians interfere in our election on behalf of Hillary Clinton, and they pretend they didn't. Hillary Clinton and the DNC laundered through various uh, third parties, 
working with uh, a foreign ex-spy who worked with a fraudster to put together a dossier to influence our election. Those are two foreign countries that the Democrats work with effectively. Then, of course, the Obama administration interfered in our election, the worst of the bunch. Go ahead. ...is above the law. We think, and say do they, that the president should be held accountable, abuse of power, destruction of Congress. Those, that is the form it will take. It's no use having a discussion here. This is a discussion we will take to the floor of the Senate. No use having a discussion here with the press and the media. And by the way, notice how the media have no problem with her. She shuts them down all the time. She slaps them around all the time. No problem. No problem with Obama, even though he unleashed the FBI against uh, at least three news organizations. No problem. No problem. Why? Because the phony journalists in this country, in the end, are Democrats, are social activists, are radical progressives, regardless of how many ties and suits and haircuts they get and dresses they wear. That's what they are. I'll be right back. Show the pool feed for the conservative media. Dive in now. 877-381-3811. I will be on Hannity tonight, 9.30 p.m. Eastern, 6.30 p.m. Pacific on the Fox News channel. I hope you'll check us up and check in. It'll be a hell of a show. A hell of a show. And Hannity will be my guest on Life, Liberty, and Levin this Sunday. I hope you'll check that out, too. But tonight, 9.30 p.m. Eastern, 6.30 p.m. Pacific, I'll be on Hannity. You know, Deborah's home was stolen. I don't mean thieves stole stuff. I mean scammers literally stole her home. The FBI calls home title theft one of the fastest-growing white-collar crimes. This is why you need home title lock. Listen to Deborah. She said criminals found the title to her home online and filed fraudulent documents claiming they owned it. And it gets worse. She said, quote, I was evicted from my own home. And $85,000 in equity gone. Nobody believes you can get your home stolen this easily, but you can. Folks, this is why you need to get home title lock. Because no insurance or bank protects your home from title theft. First things first, go to HomeTitleLock.com, HomeTitleLock.com. Register your address to see if you're already a victim and don't know it. Then sign up to help protect the legal title to your home so you don't end up like Deborah. And to get started, I got you 60 risk-free days of protection. Just go to HomeTitleLock.com, HomeTitleLock.com, so you never have to worry about this again. You don't even have to think about it. HomeTitleLock.com. Nancy Pelosi made a revelation today. She made a revelation of something that we all have been talking about for some time here, haven't we? Which is that they were just looking for anything to create a pretext to impeach the President of the United States. It's been going on two and a half, three years. She admits it. Cut nine, go. One of the biggest criticisms of the process has been the speed at which the House Democrats are moving. If this is, but seriously though, seriously. It's been going on for 22 months, okay? 
<laughs> two and a half years, actually. Actually, two and a half years. She sounds sedated. Two and a half years. She reminds me of these old movies. With a woman sitting there with a cigarette in one of those cigarette holders. In one hand and a glass of bourbon poured high in another hand. Sitting in sort of a nightgown with her legs crossed in the chair. Darling, darling, yes, yes. One of these black and white films, you know, from the 30s. or Darling, yes. It's been going on for 22 months. Two and a half years, actually. Oh, okay. She's such a fool. She just admitted it. But she also knows the media won't give a damn. The public is sick and tired of all this. I really believe it. The public is sick and tired of all this. How do I know? Because it's Fox News' fault. And really, the primetime lineup they're trying to say, both in the morning and in the night. And we know this from Chris Matthews, a diehard Democrat, social activist, progressive. I'd say dressed up as a journalist, but he's actually a clown and everybody knows it. Cut 10, go. This bitterness and this division is not new. And then Watergate came along. You know what the average Democrat thought? Uh, we got a chance here to screw this guy, get this guy. Nixon said they gave, like, they gave, we gave them a sword and they plunged it in with relish. And, and you most think that's Republic- what Democrats are doing today? No, I'm And by the way, that's Stephanie Rule, spokesman for the Democrats. Actually, she's supposed to be a journalist, but they're spokesman for the Democrats. Go ahead. The division this country took decades to develop. It's not a newbie under Trump. Trump's exploited it. But what is new is the way news is consumed. The poll numbers aren't changing, and we can say, hasn't anybody watched well, the Fox back then. over the last there two weeks? The but today, half the country is watching a completely different version of these events of news. How much does that impact the way all this has been absorbed? That wasn't the case in the last two impeachments. You see, no, you see why, why don't these people agree with us? Well, it's Fox News. Now, with all due respect to the wonderful Fox News channel, there's over 300 million people in this country. Now, I understand they're not all adults. I understand they're not all watching television all the time. I understand they don't all even speak English. But on a big night, Fox might get four, four and a half million viewers. So it's not Fox News. And they're always looking for scapegoats. These Adam Schiffless types. Always looking for scapegoats. But this, uh, this clown Stephanie Rule, well, what's the problem? Half the country looks at this and doesn't agree with us. What's going on? We're doing our best. We're trying. Go ahead. That's different. Uh, but there was, you know, I agree. Look, a lot of it has to do with medium. You know, back in the 60s, 50s, there was a moderate Republican newspaper, the New York Herald Tribune. And when they died, the moderate Republican Party, the modern Republican moderate party died. No, so it didn't. Know, There's still a lot of so-called moderates in the Republican Party. Look, what the Democrats are doing is tyrannical. It's wrong. It's disgusting. It's unconstitutional. That's the problem. Go ahead. The New York Times is for liberals. The Wall Street Journal is for for, uh, conservatives. I think you need a medium. 
but fight your case. And, and the Republican right-wingers found one. It's called Fox. It's smart. They got one. Roger Ailes gave it to them. Would Richard Nixon have had a different outcome had Fox News existed? Why does any of this matter, you morons? Why don't you discuss the substance? And you want to know why you don't? Because you can't. You have no understanding of your own history. The history of the press, the history of our country. Chris Matthews wrote a book on John Kennedy. He slobbered all over John Kennedy. John Kennedy would have impeached 25 different ways if the, if the Pelosi project, and that's what I'm going to call it for now on, if the Pelosi project were in play. Abuse of power and obstruction of Congress. Lyndon Johnson would have been impeached 50 different ways if these rules applied to them. Maybe the Fox News, the Fox... Why are you so jealous, Stephanie Rule and Chris Matthews? Because MSNBC sucks. It does. Now, why does MSNBC suck? The reason? Because they're on it. That's why. Because they suck. I mean, it's not exactly a niche to be listening to liberals on TV and reading liberal columnists and so They're all over the damn place. They don't have a monopoly per se, but they have something close to a monopoly when it comes to our communications in this country. John Berman. Who? Exactly. John Berman on CNN. Cut 11. Go. The moment is bigger than the muddle here. We have uh, learned that as soon as next Tuesday, the full House will vote to impeach the president. They're fully expected to have the votes, though we're getting new reporting this morning that a handful, maybe a growing handful, of Democrats could be getting cold feet. They should, because they're going to be ousted. Because there's no basement for this impeachment. I don't care what the legal analysts say. Gloria Borger, she's been around a while, about 114 years. Still nobody knows who she is. On the Constipated News Network, cut 12, go. Earlier this morning, this morning, I think it was this morning, we were talking about uh, the polling and what we were, you, I think it was, we were uh, pointing to independent voters and how if you're just looking at those independent voters, the polls do not, do not look good for the Democrats. Um, however, if you ask Nancy Pelosi, would she do it again or many Democrats, they say yes, because this is our, this is what we were sworn to do, to uphold the Constitution. They're not upholding the Constitution and you don't even know what the hell's in the Constitution. They're destroying the Constitution. That's the point. And everybody knows it. They don't even like the Constitution. Their whole ideology is anti-Constitution. That's what it is. Did any of you see this hearing yesterday with Michael Horowitz? Probably you saw some of it. There were a couple of interesting points in there. This one caught my attention. Cut 15 with Blumenthal. The Grim Reaper from Connecticut, go. Those FISA warrants, mm-hmm. they were renewed a number of times, correct? Three times. Based on your experience and maybe your report, there's a reason why warrants are renewed. They're renewed because they are producing useful information, correct? Or they should be producing useful information. They should That's be. That's how I'll and, phrase it. And your review of those warrants would indicate that they were producing useful information, correct? Um, not sure that's entirely correct, and I don't know how much I can say about that in this setting. Well, they were producing information. They were producing information. I'm not sure how I would characterize whether they were helpful or not. You know, this is a guy, Blumenthal, 
who so into the party, you know, like the Communist Party members, that nothing else matters. He is now a defender, a defender of the abuses at the highest level of the FBI for which there is no longer any debate. This is an Obama-appointed inspector general for which there's no more debate. But Blumenthal's defending it. Blumenthal's defending it. Cut 16, go with uh, Chuck Grassley. Uh, I've been asking questions since September 2017 about what kind of defensive briefings the FBI provided to the Trump campaign. And what he's talking about there is when the FBI learns of information, like an attempt to infiltrate a campaign or something, it has an obligation to let that campaign know. The candidate in that campaign know. But they never did in the case of Trump because they were surveilling his campaign, in my view. Go ahead. He told me its briefings to both campaigns were similar and that it wasn't aware of action that it took as a result. Uh, Chairman Johnson and I wrote again to the FBI two months ago. We noted that text messages between Strzok and Page indicated that the FBI may have used defensive briefings not to warn the Trump campaign, but to investigate it. Four questions along this line. Question number one, would you agree that with respect to the defensive briefings, the Trump campaign's briefings were treated differently than those provided to the Clinton campaign? Now, what he means here is an individual was sent to, quote-unquote, brief Trump, the Trump campaign, but instead took notes on the Trump campaign with the FBI surveilled the Trump campaign. This is so incredible. Go ahead. Um, If I could, they were called strategic. It was not an FBI briefing. The FBI went to a um, office of the national uh, director of national intelligence briefing. It was a strategic counterintelligence briefing. And I mentioned that because it precisely wasn't a defensive briefing. It was an intelligence briefing. And they were treated differently in that the agent wrote it up to the file and and put the information in the file. The briefings were identical, but the net result was one was for investigative purposes and one was purely for the intelligence briefing. In other words, he was writing up notes about what he saw and what he heard in the context of the briefing rather than just giving a briefing. Now, who ordered that agent to do it? We don't know. But this is incredible stuff. I'll be right back. You know, break-ins spike every single year during the holidays because families are traveling and burglars know people have expensive gifts lying around. That's why Simply Safe is my choice for home security. Simply Safe is comprehensive, professional home security at a fair price. And right now, it's the best time of the year to get a Simply Safe security system. For the holidays, they're giving you, my listeners, a huge discount on your security system and a free security camera. Simply, protect, Simply Safe protects every room, door, window, with 24 7 professional monitoring. 
There's a break-in. Simply Safe can give real-time video confirmation, so police respond up to three and a half times faster. With Simply Safe, there's no contract, hidden fees, no fine print, no wiring, no destruction. It is great cutting-edge technology. Prices are fair. They're honest. They start at just 15 bucks a month. So please go to simplysafemark.com right now to take advantage of Simply Safe's amazing holiday savings and get a free HD security camera. This offers for a limited time only, and it's ending soon, so you need to hurry. That's simplysafemark.com. Save big and get a free security camera. Simplysafemark.com. Okay, who is the best caller on the board? Regular or irregular American, please. Oh. The great WMAL, Deborah in Virginia. Go. Hello. Deborah in Virginia. Hi, Mark. Thank you for taking my call. You got it. Uh, I am a fan of yours. I've been listening to you for about a year or so, and I watch you and listen to you every chance I get. Thank you. And I have learned a lot from you, and God bless. All right. I heard a comment from you earlier where you were like you wanted to impeach the first Democratic president that comes on. I don't want to. I feel we have to if we have an obligation to our Constitution. We never have one, to be honest with you. What's that? I hope we never have another. Well, of course, but that's not going to happen. Well, I hope not. Uh, my question, or my my thought is, and I would love yeah. to hear your response, is I was always raised that two wrongs don't make a right. But this so isn't a wrong. Why, but why do we want to... Two wrongs don't... If somebody robs a bank and says, you know what, I'm going to rob a bank too, because the other, that's one thing. But if you're trying... If you're trying to fix what the Democrats have destroyed then you've got to follow a process that's going to do it. You see, you don't have an answer to this. You'll just let them do it. I, I agree with you. I'm so... But I just kind of... But, but, you, like, don't, but you don't want to do what has to be done to stop it. We cannot have a, a, a truly uh, free country, a republic, when one party rejects the Constitution and another party pretends to follow the Constitution. And so what has to happen in order to fix this... And we've had to deal with the Democrat Party when it's been a tyrannical party in the past. Mm-hmm. Is you have to take steps that are necessary to fix it. Now, we can keep complaining. We can keep talking about it. You might say, well, we need to elect more people. Well, isn't that the whole point? We did elect somebody, the President of the United States, and they want to replace him. They want to, they want to force him out of office. They've been doing this for three years. Now, we can wring our hands and whine about it, or we can try and do something about it. And I'm concerned, and I always have been, that there's a weak underbelly in the Republican Party, even in my beautiful audience, that seems to think that the moral high ground is to complain, to whine, to embrace the Constitution, while the other people have all but destroyed it. That's not how it works. Well, I, I, I value your opinion, and, and I love you, and I'm going to watch you on Hannity tonight at 930 well, I'm going to make this case. So now you're going to see me come under a vicious attack. But I don't care. It happens all the time. And then what will happen is the backbenchers will say, it was my idea. My I don't care. My point to you is simple. I know enough about American history. I've seen this before. And the only way to push back is to push back. 
We, we voted the president in. Now they want to eliminate the Electoral College. They want to use the Emoluments Clause. Uh, they want to use the Impeachment Clause. They want to use the Special Counsel. And either we push back against this sort of thing, or it's just going to keep happening. While the Republicans, like McConnell, sit on their thumbs. So the issue is, are you willing to fight for your republic or not? It's not a matter of getting even. It's not two wrongs don't make a right. It's we're right, they're wrong. But I want to thank you for your call. We'll be right back. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post... Deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. How many of you live in these districts that went for Trump but now have a Democrat in the, in the House and voted for that Democrat are now going to vote against them. I'm just curious. All right, there's a piece in the Washington Compost by Eric Holder. Eric Holder was one of the most political attorneys general and deputies attorney general in American history. He did Clinton's bidding and then he did Obama's bidding. And you might remember the recommendation on the... Uh, on the pardons for Mark Rich, because Bill Clinton uh, received an enormous amount of money in his campaigns from Mark Rich's wife. Mark Rich fled the country, owed an enormous amount of money in taxes. And he also recommended that FALN terrorists were involved in the killing of, uh, of Americans in New York City, uh, that they get pardoned, and of course, uh, Clinton was happy to do so. Holder was also involved in an illegal scheme aimed at trying to build support for gun control by uh, directing the sale of weaponry to Mexican drug cartels. One of the most outrageous things our Department of Justice has ever done. And uh, Barack Obama asserted executive privilege over the provision of witnesses and documents. And he stonewalled Congress. Holder stonewalled Congress. But Holder is a leftist, an Alinsky, an activist who should never have been anywhere near the Department of Justice. And he wrote a piece today in the Washington Compost trashing, trashing Attorney General William Barr. This is unheard of, but of course, no holds barred now. The headline is, William Barr is unfit to be Attorney General. As a former U.S. Attorney General, I am re- excuse me, I'm reluctant to publicly criticize my successors. No, he's not. He just did it. I respect the office and understand just how tough the job can be, but recently... Attorney General William Barr has made a series of public statements and taken actions that are so plainly ideological, so nakedly partisan, and so deeply inappropriate for America's chief law enforcement official that they demand a response from someone who held the same office. Now remember, this is a guy who trashed law enforcement. This is a guy who immediately ran to the defense of people who were accused 
or being accusing uh, officers of, uh, of abuse. This is a guy who did very little to secure our border. And I can go on and on and on. Last month, at a Federalist Society event, the Attorney General delivered an ode to essentially unbridled executive power, dismissing the authority of the legislative and judicial branches and the checks and balances at the heart of America's constitutional order. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. Is there a single court order that this Attorney General has defied? No. So what is this fool talking about? As others have pointed out, Barr's argument rests on a flawed view of U.S. history. To me, his attempts to vilify the president's critics sounded more like the tactics of an unscrupulous criminal defense lawyer than a U.S. attorney general. Well, to you, they would sound that way, having been an unscrupulous criminal defense lawyer yourself. When in the same speech, Barr accused the other side, quote-unquote, of the systematic shredding of norms and the undermining of the rule of law, he exposed himself as a partisan actor, not an impartial law enforcement official. Oh, BS. By the other side, he means the lawless, rogue efforts and individuals who are involved in trying to upend an election. Shouldn't Mr. Holder have written about what was done at the FISA court by his former colleague, Jim Comey? Shouldn't he have written about what happened to the Department of Justice when he handed it off? When he was Attorney General to Loretta Lynch? Shouldn't he have written an op-ed about how disappointed he is in his former administration, the Obama administration? And shouldn't he have written a piece about how he failed to protect us from interference in our elections by the Russians? It didn't just start in 2016. But he didn't. Didn't do any of those things. Of course. In Barr's view, sharing executive power with anyone beyond the control of the president, quote-unquote, presumably including a semi-independent cabinet member, contravenes the framers' clear intent to vest that power in a single person. This is a stunning declaration, not merely of ideology, but of loyalty. Now, let's, let's stop there. My defense for Barr's position is called the Constitution. There's not a single cabinet position in the Constitution. Not one. And so what he's doing is he's attacking a constitutionalist view of the Constitution. That the president is not, in the end, the head of the executive branch. That Congress can create all these independent entities, cabinet positions, agency heads, and so forth who really don't, in his view, report up through the President of the United States. But that would undermine completely Article 2 of the Constitution. Undermine it completely. But he says this is a stunning declaration, not merely of ideology, but of loyalty to the President and his interests. No, it's not. And this Attorney General served another President 20 years ago. President Bush. It's also revealing a Barr's own intent to serve not at a, at a careful remove from politics, as his office demands, but as an instrument of politics under the direct control of President Trump. This is so stupid. All right, Mr. Bedus, would you please, and he may not even know who I am, so this might work. Would you please invite Eric Holder to come on the program so we could have a wonderful discussion of his op-ed? 
I believe he's in a law firm in Washington, D.C. somewhere. And he goes through this in his typical way, as you might expect. So we want to discuss this op-ed uh, with Eric Holder, as well as his, uh, his own legacy at the Department of Justice. Having been somebody who was chief of staff to an attorney general, me, I do know a little something about this, and I would like to discuss it with him. What he thinks, not just the role of an attorney general is, but what was his role? And a couple of the main things that took place when he was attorney general and when he was deputy attorney general. A lot of things took place that are quite troubling. I want to know his view of executive privilege since his president asserted it. I want to know his view of DACA since his president wrote legislation and issued it as an executive order fiat. How is that possible? Is that constitutional? And how it can be that, even though the Constitution doesn't authorize it, that Congress can set up independent agencies and cabinet secretaries and this, that, and the other, and they're not directly responsible to the President of the United States. This is just ridiculous. But it is the left. This is their ideology. And it must be, because they must wave around the Constitution in order to unravel it. That's what, they, that's what he's doing. They must wave it around in order to unravel it. <clears throat> Excuse me. Oh, there's so much here. I don't have a lot of time. Let's take a break. Then I want to get to another Washington Post piece by a guy by the name of Brian Rosenwald. <clears throat> this time it involves your truly, yours truly. We'll be right back. Mark Lovin. This is pretty amazing. I'm looking at some of these numbers during the break uh, about Fox News Channel. Now, keep something in mind. Network television, as you know, is free to the viewer. They run commercials, of course, but they're free to the viewer. In order to have cable TV, you have to pay a cable fee every month. So, there's four networks. NBC, CBS, ABC, and Fox. Those are broadcast networks. That's what they're called. And then there's cable channels. There's the Fox News Channel, MSNBC, CNN, those three. The top five networks in prime time, all of television for 2019, they've done an average of all these shows over the, over the days, I know we're not at the end yet, but they're not counting a lot of December because people's viewing habits change dramatically in December given the holidays and so forth. But listen to these numbers. These are networks. 5.2 million total viewers on NBC at prime time. Folks, I remember when it was 10 million, 12 million, 15 million, 5.2. CBS, 5.1 million total viewers. ABC, 4.1 million total viewers. Fox, the Fox Broadcast Network, 4.0 million viewers. And then the next one is the Fox News Channel. This is, again, you have to subscribe to cable every month. 2.5 million total viewers. 
So when you look at the highest network broadcast, again, where you don't have to subscribe, it's NBC, 5.2 million total viewers. Then you go down the Fox News channel where you have to subscribe to cable in order to get it, 2.5 million. So it's a little over twice as much for 2019. That shows you how strong the Fox News channel is. Now, altogether, they're not reaching a hell of a lot of people when you look at the whole population of the country. But here's the way I view that sometimes. Or the way I think about it. It's not the same people all the time. It's not the same 2.5 million people watching the Fox News channel. Any given week, it could be 7 million different people. So that is a point. Now my show, prior to being moved to 8 p.m. Eastern on Sunday, ran at 10 p.m. Eastern on Sunday. Nobody thought that would work except Mr. Murdoch and Suzanne Scott and, of course, me. So they took the worst hour in cable, 10 p.m. on Sunday, and gave it to me. Well, leased it to me. I said, okay, I want to do this show my way and I want to do this one-on-one show and so forth. Over the course of the year in 2019... We averaged 1.371 million viewers overall. Owning the night, owning our time slot, usually doubling any of our competitors, and beating CNN and MSNBC combined. And I was told this format. Excuse me, this format wouldn't work. But of course it works, because you want to see it. But it is extraordinary looking at these numbers, I'm just telling you. And of course, the biggest shows on Fox are Hannity, Carlson, and Ingram. They're not the news shows. They are, obviously, the primetime shows. The Five does a wonderful job. The Five is always up there, too. I tell you. I used to rag on uh, on a couple of the people on the five. Not anymore. I like that show, and I like them. Gutfeld. I like Gutfeld. Dana Perino. I like her. And the others. Jesse, of course, and the others. But um, what I'm saying is, and the more the Democrats on the left are Alinskyite radicals, the more you see even former rhinos or moderates or never-Trumpers or what have you, sort of coalesce, right? They don't always agree with each other, different personalities, entertaining, and so forth. But we, we, are, we are repulsed by what's taking place. We are appalled by what's taking place. Anyway, I thought those numbers were pretty fascinating. I wasn't even going to get into it, but I just did. There's a piece in the Washington Compost. And the problem with these guys, of course, this guy, Brian Rosenwald, I mean, my, my shows, we have four years of shows on our main website, marklevinshow.com. But they want to create a narrative about me, among others, you know, that we're just slapstick and we shoot from the hip and we're just emotional and so forth, which really defines them. But the headline of the story is Trump sounds just like a right wing talk radio host. 
So what this guy's trying to do is trash me and trash Trump, among others. And in part, in this article, what he, what he does is he cherry-picks statements I've made and then cherry-picks statements that Trump made. This is the most childish, immature kind of journalism or opinion writing that exists. Any idiot can do this. We've seen it at Mediate. We've seen it at other places. And, of course, the Washington Compost. So they'll take something the president has said or take something I've said and say, see this? He sounds like a talk radio host. Let me tell you something. The people who listen to this audience are smarter than anybody who reads the Washington Post. You have to be a moron to read that newspaper. And the only reason it exists today is because the richest man on the planet Earth bought it. Bought it. When you listen to this show or you read my books, you can, you'll get entertained, some of you. Of course, we're passionate, often. And we're cerebral, often. But I've written about things, and we talk about things on this program, whether it's history, whether it's the law and the Constitution, whether it's economics, philosophy, whatever it is. They never write about it in the Washington Compost, and they're never going to. And this clown, Brian, knows nothing about Of all the things that he could pick about my program, that's what he does. He cherry-picks. So he's dishonest. He's a fraud. Now, we have a president of the United States who will be a, a historic president of the United States, regardless of what the Washington Post and Brian thinks. He'll be a historic president for the things he's doing, substantively. He'll be historic because he won this election that nobody expected. And he'll be historic because he's changed politics forever. And in many good ways. No longer do the media control the narrative. There's a pushback, and they hate it. All the newsrooms in this country, every one of them, hate it. They hate it. They don't like being told they're wrong. They don't like being called out by name. They don't like being challenged. And so they say this is an attack on the media like we've never seen before. Which shows you what ignoramuses they are. Because you had reporters put in prison by at least, I can count, four presidents. You've had the IRS unleashed on the media, but I can count one, two, three, four presidents. Not this president. Ah, the Washington Compost. If you don't get it, you don't get it. And you save a lot of money. I'll be right back. Mark Levin, the great one. The great one, Mark Levin. Dial in now, 877-381-3811. See, the way it works, folks, like that Washington Compost article, they must degrade and smear people with whom they disagree. So now Alan Dershowitz is being attacked. He's called controversial. They used to love Alan Dershowitz. Now he's controversial. Did you know his first name is controversial, Mr. Producer? It's controversial Alan Dershowitz. Did you know my first name is right wing? Right wing Mark Levin. I'm a constitutionalist. But no, 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 you don't understand. You're right wing because, you know, Declaration and Constitution are right wing. 
So it doesn't matter to the left how many books you write, the scholarship, any of the cerebral stuff you do on this program or we do together. It doesn't matter. They don't care. It's just like this discussion between uh, Chris Matthews and the other one, Rule or whatever her name is. I don't understand. Half the country don't agree with us. Half the country are, you know, out of the box. Something's wrong. You see this work out on Supreme Court justices. Why some of them begin to fold and bend and genuflect. Because they want to be a nice write-up in the Washington Post or the New York Times. And they figure they're the ones that are going to write their legacy. So you see this all the time. And that's what happens when you send like Tea Party conservatives or other types of conservatives to Congress and you see them bend. Same thing. It's easier to go along. Look at Romney. Romney's not attacked by the Washington Post or the New York Times or any of these hacks on CNN or MSNBC. He's celebrated. Because he's a vessel. Like the city of Charlie Dent, who was a congressman, a Republican from Pennsylvania. Why do you think CNN hired this clown? Because he's smart? Because he makes interesting comments? No. Another clown. They believe he can be used as a representative of the Republican Party. The guy retired because he was going to lose. Where are you, AOC? Hello? Where's Elizabeth Warren? Where's Bernie Sanders? Moscow? Where's the so-called whistleblower? My goodness. They'll be writing a book, I have no doubt, in a year or two or three. Seems like they've just disappeared. Well, I'm not hiding. As everybody knows, you can find me almost every day on Levin TV on the Blaze TV network. Levin TV was created as a unique outlet nearly four years ago, founded by me, to give us the freedom to tackle these aristocrats and their sycophants and to hold them accountable. Nearly every week now, you can join me as we shine the light of truth and expose their corrupt agenda, which is being pushed every day. There are no sponsors to be beholden to, no smothering corporate agenda telling us which line to toe. Our only obligation is to bring you the truth. And we have a hell of a good time over there at Levin TV. I hope you're with us. And if you're not, don't you think it's time to see for yourself? Please go sign up at LevinTV.com. L-E-V-I-N-T-V.com or give us a call at 844-LEVIN-TV 844-LEVIN-TV Enter promo code LEVIN again L-E-V-I-N and I'll give you $10 off your annual subscription. That's LevinTV.com code LEVIN for $10 off your annual subscription. So to all those who love this amazing country of ours let's join together in what I call our national town hall meeting every weeknight. On Levin TV, 844-L-E-V-I-N-TV. And it is a terrific gift for Hanukkah, for Christmas, what have you. All right, do we have a great caller out there, Mr. Producer? Yes. New York City, the great WABC, do you say Rena? That's me. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Lovely. I am from, not only from New York City, I'm from Queens, which is where our lovely president was born and raised. Well, congratulations. Uh, thank you. I have to tell you, though, I agree. I am so tired of these Democrat, left-wing, socialist, crazy people. Mm-hmm. But I'm also getting frustrated with our party. I 
Republican my whole life, voted Republican my whole life. But what did we do? Just lie and roll over now? Do, do we have amnesia? Do we forget what people are doing? Mm-hmm. But we're gonna. I, just I, I'm with you. I came. I'm telling people that we're gonna have to impeach a Democrat who takes office to get our Constitution back, to straighten out the impeachment clause, and you'll see all the uh, navel gazers. Well, I wouldn't do it this way. I might do that. I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't do that. They don't know how to fight, and they don't know how to win. Oh, and we're just going to push now this impeachment through the Senate without a mm-hmm. fight? Schiff needs to be held accountable. The Biden boys need to be held accountable. Mm-hmm. You know, Graham and McConnell, they're just talking. We really need to get you, Hannity, Nunez, and Jordan up there. <laughs> well, all right. I appreciate your call. God bless. And yet there is a very bright light out there, and that is the House Republicans. I'm serious about this. You've heard me pound Kevin McCarthy. You don't hear me doing that now. You don't hear me. Do- I haven't changed my principles. I haven't changed my viewpoints. It's just that the guy has stepped up. And he's rallied the Republicans. And now when I see him give these statements on TV, he makes very good statements. Same with Scalise. I mean, they're leaders. I didn't feel McCarthy was much of a leader, but he's a leader now. And he's duking it out. And I couldn't be more proud of these Republicans in the House. I'm not talking about all their votes on spending and everything. I'm not, that's not where I am right now. I'm on the Constitution. And to a man and woman, they're standing up. There was a guy that showed a little bizarre, absurd weakness in Florida. I forget his name. I know I opposed him in the uh, Republican primaries. Bongino ran against him. I forget the guy's name. I think it's Frank something or other. It doesn't matter. But the Republicans look really strong. And I hope the Republicans in the Senate don't let us down. To cross your fingers, buy a rabbit's foot. Can you buy a rabbit's foot anymore? I don't even, I don't even want a rabbit's foot anymore, the more I think about it. But you know what I mean. Next caller, Mr. Producer. Sirius Satellite in Virginia. Jerry, go right ahead. Hey, Mark, thanks for taking my call. Love your show. Thanks. Hey, so my question is simply this. Everybody has seen and heard those transcripts. At no point does President Donald Trump ever utter the words to help me in my political reelection bid. Mm -hmm. That's something coming from the Democrats. These freaking Republicans can end this whole thing right now if they simply stood up in that room and said, you or we cannot bring charges up on your opinion alone. It is freaking killing me, and I'm fired up over Wait, this. Wait, I'm, I'm a little concerned that your rage is pointed in the wrong direction. What would you have the Republicans do in the House? I'm sorry? What would you have the Republicans do in the House? Simple. They stand up and say... They are standing up. Have you watched any of these hearings? I've been hearing it all day. I'm a truck driver. so all I get to do. Well, they've been duking it out. I don't know what you want them to do. You want them to go over there and put some brass knuckles on? I want them to simply be able to say, you cannot bring articles of impeachment up against the president of the United States of America based simply on what you think or your opinion is. I think they've said it a thousand different ways. 
I really do. I think your, your anger is aimed at the wrong people. I think the Republicans in the House have done everything they can. Right now they're trying to slap on amendment after amendment on these articles to stop them. I think they've said over and over again this is unconstitutional. They've been voted down over and over again. The blame doesn't belong with them. The blame belongs with the people who sat at home during the midterm election or in these Trump-supporting districts voted for the Democrat. That's where the blame belongs. The Democrats that got elected, who lied to, their, to the people they were voting for, suckers. That's who deserves the blame. All right, my friend. Democrats Thank you. Their- Thank you. Well, you can keep bl- I mean, what, I don't know what you want them to do. You got Jim Jordan out there fighting like hell. You got Collins fighting like hell. I mean, I could name scores of them. Scores of them. Maybe people don't understand how the House of Representatives works. And it's, it's dysfunctional, but maybe they don't understand. They need to stand up and say, you can't do this. I think they've been standing up and saying it's unconstitutional over and over and over again. But this is why, really, the Levin project needs to be used against the Pelosi project. Which is, take the House, and the next Democrat who's elected president must be impeached. And then we can hear Swalwell and Nadler and Pelosi and all the rest of them. And I'd love to know what they have to say about abuse of power and obstruction of Congress. That'll put an end to this. But Mark, two wrongs don't make it a right. And sticks and stones may be... Excuse me. Do you want to defeat these people or not? Don't give me the uh, fourth grade uh, rhymes. I'm not interested in those. This is a battle for the republic. The Democrat Party has been an evil force, as I've said before, in many respects in our history. Of course, all the modern Democrats say, hey, what about us, civil rights movement? Uh, Excuse me, you didn't lead the civil rights movement. Actually, those were African Americans and black churches in the South that led the civil rights movement. Not the Democrats. I'll be right back. Mark Levin. Don't forget, folks, in 40 minutes, 9.30 p.m. Eastern, 6.30 p.m. Pacific, I will be on Hannity. And I hope you'll check it out. And I'm ready to roll. I mean, what else is there? 9.30 p.m. tonight, Eastern, 6.30 p.m. Pacific, 40 minutes from now. I'll see you on Hannity, I hope. Computer systems and cars are the new normal, from electronically controlled transmissions to touchscreen displays, to dozens of sensors. Now, all this advanced technology is expensive to fix if and when it breaks, and that's why I have CarShield. CarShield has affordable protection plans that can save you thousands for a covered repair, including computers, GPS, electronics, and a hell of a lot more. CarShield has helped over 1 million customers. So drive with confidence knowing you got coverage from America's number one auto protection provider. Whether you have 5,000 miles or 150,000 miles on your vehicle, it's inevitable something will break. Get covered by CarShield today. Call 800-CAR-6000, 800-CAR-6000, mention code LEVIN. Or visit carshield.com, that's carshield.com, use code LEVIN, L-E-V-I-N, to save 10%. That's carshield.com, code LEVIN, 
a deductible may apply. All right, next caller, Mr. Producer. Who's in line there? Mexico City. Mexico City on the Levin app. Michael, how are you? All right, then. Um, yeah, I'll just get right to it there, Mike. I just want to say that it seems like when one party is in control, they, have, they seem to have more power than the other party. So when the Republicans had the House during 2008, when it related to impeachment, the only time I saw them is when they'd come out. Do you remember when they would say impeachment was actually off the table? Like, no matter what happened, whether it was Benghazi, whether it was mm-hmm. all the number of things that we all knew were impeachable, mm-hmm. but it was always off the table. Now, it's always on the table, I guess. And I guess the question is, does it not? It, it just seems like... Well, well, well let me just slow you down. That's the problem, isn't it? I mean, what, if, if the bar is so low, as the Democrats are saying on these two counts, they're really policy differences and the fact they don't like the outcome of the election. If that's the policy level and the, in, in the level of this, the standard, then it's a standardless system. It's not high crimes, misdemeanors, treason, bribery. And so there's really one party that's driving that agenda. I mean, people say, well, maybe Clinton shouldn't have been impeached. I don't know how he wasn't or how he couldn't have been when you have an independent council under a statute passed by the Democrats in 1978 in which he's accused by the prosecutor as required by, again, the statute in a report of 11 felonies. This president's not accused of any felony. They even dropped the bribery issue. This president's been invested by a special counsel, investigated, I should say, by a special counsel. Best they could do is come up with a Manhattan phone book-like report that accuses him of no crime. They speculate and so forth, but nothing definitive. We've had this president, according to the press, said that he violated campaign laws in the Southern District of New York with non-disclosure agreements. We haven't had one legal analyst said that there was an indictment that was sealed that would eventually come out later. How that guy still has a job, I don't know. And by the way, more than one actually said that. So, I mean, there's impeachment and there's impeachment. If you have standards, if they match with the Constitution, fine. But that's not what's going on here. And Nancy Pelosi blurted it out today. She burped it up. She said, we're not going slow. I mean, excuse me, we're not going quickly. We've been at this for 22 months, two and a half years, she said. Go ahead. That's right. I was just going to say, and it's just... By the way, you you have a British accent and you're in Mexico City, correct? Right, right. What are you doing down there? I work in IT, um, so I'm a programmer. Is it safe there? Uh, I do what I can, but I, I work remote a lot, so I travel. So I just kind of have a home base there, and I'm in Florida, and I'm back and forth. I've spoken with you before. Yeah, I remember you. Yep. Right. I just wanted to say, it, it's, it's, I just don't understand. It's almost like I love the Republicans. I love their fight. And I, I know you've got to run, Mike, more. But uh, I love their fight, but it's almost like we're always reactive. And, and if we could just, like, get someone to just, like, why can't they have a press conference and say, I mean, whip out an iPad or something and say, remember the last guy who said, I have a pen and a pad? I mean, I mean, these things are so blatantly obvious. Like, okay, you've got a pen and a pad. That means you don't even need Congress. And he doesn't get mm-hmm. impeached over that. And then we, our guys sit here, and we're always reactive. 
And it's almost like sometimes I've just got to the point where I feel like they're playing along with this. And well, then for I, I, the Senate, again, I have to defend the House. I think they've been duking this out, and then uh, people in these districts let the whole country down. People in these districts, oh, I don't like the way Trump tweets, and they brought us this. They brought us a majority Democrat House in different districts where Trump won, and they're responsible for this. Not the Republicans who are left in the minority who've been duking this out. I really don't believe that. I mean, if they'd been bending over backwards and a couple going along, I'd agree with you. But you don't hear McCarthy talking that way. You don't hear Scalise talking that way. I don't hear any Republican talking that way. Do you? No, I love their fight. Not, not in the House side. The Senate's a whole other story. Exactly. That's my point. They, they, that's what I'm wondering about. I just hope that... Well, I will just... tell you this. Any senator who shows weakness in the face of this attack, frontal assault on the Constitution and the franchise, needs to be defeated. Either party. That's the bottom line. Either party needs to be defeated. All right, my friend. Thank you, Mark. All right, take care of yourself. IT, that's a cover for a lot of stuff, isn't it? Oh, yeah. IT. I'm in IT. That's what everybody says. What do you, what are you, you have a British accent, you're in Mexico City, and you come to the United States a lot. Oh, yeah, I'm doing IT. <laughs> All right, folks, don't forget, 30 minutes from now, Hannity on Fox. I'll see you there. We salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, and emergency personnel, and all you folks who produce, who uh, protect us. And I'll see you tomorrow coming from Florida, God willing, and God bless you.